There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need, no matter where you are in life. When you need coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help, on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 727. Ah, 727. It has a nice symmetry to it. It's palindromic. It's nice, neat, concise. I enjoy the number 727. Let's find out what's going on in the Nerdist community on the Nerdist Community Corkboard. Here's a delightful electronic missive from Rudray Quatrin. Hello, Katie, Kyle, Chris, Matt, Jonah, blah, 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 blah. Anybody further included uh, behind the scenes? I am a long-time listener of the Nerdist Podcast. Everything that Chris's team, blah, 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 especially helps me in a personal way whenever you exhort your listeners to go make a thing. We do. We tell you, go make a thing. Go make your damn thing. My friends and I have done just that and launched our own podcast titled The 20-Sided Theater. The basic concept is after a D&D style party has finished their adventuring, the bard of the group takes his notes, adds some spice to them, and reworks everything into a voice play for scry casting, or in real-world terms, a podcast. So it's sort of like a D&D episode of any sitcom, uh, but instead of watching the players and having to imagine the characters, the audience can hear the characters and vaguely imagine a group of players sitting around a table. They publish episodes 0 and 1, available on iTunes or at 20sidedtheater.com. Uh, and they've parked four different spellings of that domain, so it doesn't matter how you spell 20 in words or numbers, and it doesn't matter how you spell theater with an E-R or a tra. So, well done, 20 Side Theater. Plus, we'll be back next week on At Midnight at 11 p.m. New time for a few weeks before Trevor takes over the Daily Show. We're just uh, filling in the time slot starting September 8th. We'll be on at 11. We have amazing guests and fun stuff planned for an earlier time slot. Oh, my God, please watch the show. I'm nervous. You know, it's the Daily Show time slot. It's, it's hallowed ground. Please don't let everyone think we fucked it up. Please watch the show at Midnight's Back next week for three weeks. Starting September 8th at 11 p.m. And then returning after that to our regular at midnight time slot at midnight. This episode of the Nerdist Podcast is the Violent Femmes, who are fucking awesome. Oh, my God. So we went to SIR Recording Studios in Hollywood where we record uh, most of our music podcasts. They're very nice people, and we thank them. And uh, I'd never met the Violent Femmes before, but of course, been a fan since forever. And uh, they were fucking rad. To the extent that uh, I requested a song, I said, would you mind playing Blister in the Sun? Which I'm sure they hear that all the time, and they were so gracious about it. And then Gordon Gano said, sure, but you have to sing it with us. Now, this is one of those moments that you fantasize about in your head where you're just in an audience and a band points at you and they're like, you, get on stage, we need you. And, of course, in your head, you, you mildly shit your pants, but you get up and do it. I heavily shit my pants. I almost didn't do it because I didn't want to ruin their song. And you know me, I like to sing songs, and I know it's annoying sometimes, but I just couldn't. 
I didn't want to be irritating about it, but they asked, and I and I was challenged, and I had to do it, and it was fucking amazing. It was amazing. Truth be told, I excused myself to the bathroom before they played. I said, "Oh, I have to pee." I went into the bathroom and ran the song really fast to make sure I didn't fuck it up because uh, I was very nervous. I periscoped the whole thing, um, which unfortunately you can't see anymore, but it it was uh, one of the most amazing experiences uh, of, of my podcast life. So I thank them wholeheartedly, and you should absolutely worship the Violent Femmes. Uh, their new EP is out right now. It's called Happy New Year, and uh, pick it up. Good dudes. Very good dudes. Which is episode number 727, which is The Violent Femmes. Katie, why can't you start just the thing? Why can't you start just one thing? Now entering Nerdist.com. That's awesome. And we're also real fans of the, of the At Midnight Show. Holy shit, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Really, yeah. Really I appreciate nice. that. It's like finally I meet somebody that I've seen on television. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of cool. I knew I'd get a benefit out of this someday. I'm very... <laughs> I, it only took like 35 years, but here we are. No, this can't be the moment. <laughs> um... It's one of them. Oh, my God. That's it's crazy. definitely one of them. <laughs> what do you guys watch? What else do you guys watch? Do you, do you get to watch TV much? Oh, man. What else? Um, trying now to catch, and which is pretty easy to do, anytime anyone's reporting on what Trump last said. <laughs> we were just... <laughs> I am, like, staying up late trying to... I don't care if I've seen it already. Oh, my God. I want to see it again. That's amazing that you just said that because we just... <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's amazing. We just had... I just came from our Midnight Writers meeting for tonight. And, of course, there's a Trump thing. And the, 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 we're in this weird gray area where we're like, we can't not talk about it, but we're just perpetuating it. But it's so fucking bonkers. It's amazing stuff. And so we were thinking, like, do we just house it in its own segment, like a recurring Trump Make segment? Make a highlight right. What are you going to do? Yeah. So uh, my theory about him is that he uh, – I don't think he's. I don't think he has enough steam to win anything. But I think what's remarkable about him is that he genuinely doesn't give a fuck. And what's interesting about that in politics is that the rest of them care so much that they're all doing the dance, and he's just trolling literally every. Like, who the fuck is he appealing to? But it, he's appealing to people that, when people are apologetic, then I think people sort of like don't respect them. But even if someone says some batshit bonkers crazy thing, he it, doesn't. It, he doesn't. Not only does he not like do any, <laughs> he just like goes harder with harder. It. Yeah, and I yeah. think that confuses people, and they go, "Oh, well, I guess he must know something because he's not." <laughs> Because he hasn't really, I mean, because if, if you were wrong, he would apologize, right? Because you can't say that. Well, he's also, it seems like, other, the, the, the advisors and the political maybe instinct or advisor would be, then you start saying stuff like, you know, you can, like some senator or somebody that came up with statistics and then was proven that it was completely false. It was like, well, I didn't mean those 
what I my comments were not meant to be factual. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, know you you say something, you do something, but not no. no he might be the, he might be the fucking candidate this country deserves. Like he <laughs> might. I mean, that this this weird age because I could totally see a debate. Where if someone said, "Well, Mr. Trump, I I'm don't understand," forward that. I want yeah, to watch that because you, you know you want him to go. Oh why don't God. you shut your goddamn mouth and on live television, <laughs> you stupid piece of shit? And then everyone go, <gasps> and then have him go, what? And then they're he like, might, oh, I guess. Might, that might be. It might keep him going up. It might you know, in the polls, whatever. Anyway, so yeah, currently. <laughs> we, we, we just keep like seeking out like who's who, you know who's talking about it again or showing the clip again. It's our it's it's our own sort of <laughs> yeah. long running yeah. cultural reality show that's yeah. happening right. with with right. Trump right. at the right. moment. Right. But right. it's uh, I don't know. I'm gonna find out this is a James Franco like art piece, <laughs> like him and Donald Trump have teamed up. There was a theory that was floated today. It's a performance today. art. Yeah, sort of. exactly. They, they hired actors, I guess, for the first one. His announcement. You read about that, right? <laughs> no. Oh, he put well, out it was a casting better. call for the people to wear shirts about Donald Trump, and he denied it, but they found all the evidence on it. That's like, it's a, it's a call for extras, like movies and stuff, and that was to come and show up and to cheer for him when well, he announces why, his candidacy. That's the place why Michael Caine was there, because he just, he'll just appear and stuff. He does like yeah, Greg's stuff. But he, uh, he we, we, were, we were sort of joking that. He was going to pull his mask off and it was going to be Shia LaBeouf. Like, we were convinced <laughs> that it was going to be yeah, somewhere. Yeah. I just hope at the end, when it's all over, he's like, hey, guys, now I'm going to level with you. I said a lot of crazy shit. But I was just trying to make sure yeah, the yeah, other like candidates the, the focused on the thought, real issues. thought process behind it. That, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. There was a guy, when I, when I went to UCLA, there was a guy who used to show up every once in a while and he used to say very inflammatory things in the, in the main quad. And all the students would... You know, be really pissed off and get in his face. And apparently, his tactic was to say very contrary, horrible things because it got students engaged in talking about real social issues. I'd like to think that's what's happening with Trump, but I think he might just be bad. It's just crazy. the most elaborate O. Henry story of them all. <laughs> Are, do you you don't live in Los Angeles? Do you live in LA? Or? No, no. Recently, Denver. Before that, New York for oh, a couple decades. Denver's a great town. Really like in Denver. Oh my gosh. I'm jealous. Every, whenever the way, I go, is, are we doing it? Is this it already? I should get more on the mic. You, know, you yeah, could get on the yeah, mic, or you could right, lean yeah. back. You know, because you lean back, people hear like he's relaxed, he's kicked back, he's having a good time. But uh, you're from Wisconsin, is well, the band started in Wisconsin? Yeah. And I was just talking to somebody today, um, saying that I, my family moved there when I was 10 years old, and then basically I lived there for 10 years, and then the band started when I was about 18, and. Uh, my whole time being there, going through school, um, people would say to me periodically, you're not from here, where are you from? Mm-hmm. Because of your bizarre accent. Exactly. And when I moved there, I was like, what are these people? They, they have different words for things. <laughs> yeah, it's my accent. It's my accent and my vocabulary. Sometimes I, I had we different words. We don't even have a, a, a dialect. It's like a different language there in Wisconsin. Sometimes. There's, there's aspects of that. So... My whole experience there, you're not from here, where are you from? And my extended family was not from there. We, my father went there for his work. And, uh, and now, forever, in the whole world, I'm from Wisconsin. Yeah. Because that's, you know, that's what it says. When somebody looks up the bio, that's where I'm from. Well, I think but it's funny because, you know, I'm not from, you're not from here, where are you from? But now that's where I'm from because of the group. And that's, that's fine. Where do you feel like you're from? 
Um, I ask because I have the same problem. I'm, okay, I'm, I'm, not, I'm like I'm not thinking. Really I used anywhere. to. I used to feel like I was from New York City because I was born there. Yep. And moved out when I was a year old, but I to Connecticut. My family moved out, but I think there's those initial that are are not consciously available, but you know, soaking in everything. Yeah. You know, I think that that's there, but I don't really even feel like that's really the truth of it. You know, I don't know. I think that we're all from somewhere that we we you know most of us probably don't know. I first of all, I think Milwaukee is a great is a fantastic town, and I. I because it's it's got a good Milwaukee, and then also uh, over in uh, Minnesota, Minneapolis, great town. And I, my theory is that it's so fucking cold most of the time in those towns that people actually go watch shows and they are engaged because it's too horrible to go outside most of the time. Anyone want to feel that from watch the cold, show, cold by shows, regions? You mean music shows, or <laughs> music TV shows, shows, comedy or? shows. <laughs> Yeah. They're good. Milwaukee and Minneapolis, uh, or Minnesota, Wisconsin, both great comedy towns. I think, or at least in my well, my you experience. would you should know, right? I do, but I don't yeah. know if that's everyone's experience. That's just that's oh, just, that's just okay. my that's just my guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I was just in Milwaukee. I fucking tracked down the the bronze fawns and took a picture with it. You know, I, I was excited. Oh, the art community are up in arms about that. <laughs> like. So we don't spend any money on public art, and then when we do, it's the font. <laughs> well, yeah. I didn't even know about this. Yeah. I'm not around there, so I didn't know. Although and, and, I like and Milwaukee. And furthermore, it was we, derivative because I think Minneapolis has like this bronze Mary Tyler Moore. So they said, let's do the same thing for Milwaukee. Where is it? I don't know. I've never it's seen right it. It's right on the river walk. There's like, oh, a, yeah. there's like a walk oh, along yeah. the river. That's right. I think I did see it once, and I tried to <laughs> blot it out of my mind. But this is... I'm here to remind you. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's amazing. I, I took a picture. I jumped on its back and took a picture with it. That's one of the problems about being from Milwaukee is that people say, Wow, so that's, like, so that's Laverne and Shirley, right? And then, like, well... Those are actually fictional characters. <laughs> yeah, a yeah. Lot of, the, a lot the of shots, people. Where's the Shots Brewery? They think they think it's a, a documentary. <laughs> it is a documentary. Where are you hiding Arnold's? Because I know it's there. We just couldn't oh. find it. We just couldn't find it before. It's based on a, a real place that still exists and makes nice milkshakes and burgers. What's the place called? Cops. I wish I had known that. I believe you have to jump something on a motorcycle a to get there. I think it's that. I think it's based on that, but maybe maybe so I'm wrong. Another place that. Well, so the band started in Milwaukee, <laughs> and so we're considered a Milwaukee band, but none of us live there, and uh, and haven't been there but for this a long is, time. This is Brian Ritchie talking, and you can tell from he's a, you know he's born and raised Wisconsin. I'm the only actual true Milwaukeean. <laughs> <laughs> I like you're drawing um, lines in the sand. It's very tribal. But now I live in Australia. So do you really? Yeah. What part? Tasmania. Holy Ooh. shit! What? I guess you can curse on your show. But here's yeah. an, inter- yeah. here's an interesting yeah. thing <laughs> that I found out when I when I was in Tasmania, and this will be this will refer back to what Gordon said about Milwaukeeans have different different words for things. Like for example, we don't do not drink from a water fountain. We drink from a bubbler. So I was down in Tasmania, and someone said. Hey, uh, let's uh, let's go take a sip from that bubbler. And I said, "What? Yeah, a bubbler." 
Is that what you call those things? Yes. So there, there's only wow. two places in the world that call these things bubbler, and it's Milwaukee and Tasmania. See, sister, sister cities, areas. Yeah. Tasmania's not really a city. But it's, uh, it, do you like, you must like it if you live there. What, what, what? <laughs> you sound incredulous. Yeah, it's, well, we, Tasmania, how often do you hear Tasmania? Like, oh, we, Tasmania. We hear it all the time. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> but how often do you meet somebody? Because usually it's like, oh, I'm from Sydney or Brisbane or Perth, you know, but I don't, I've never. Melbourne. 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 From Melbourne. Melbourne. <laughs> Melbourne. Uh, but I've never heard Tasmania before. Hmm. Did, well, you, did you Google other places that use the term bubbler and that one result <laughs> came up? I, I, I encountered the concept of going to Tasmania when I was working at the Milwaukee Public Library, which was my last proper job before becoming a, a musician. And some, my job was to sort the books. And some books came across my desk about Errol Flynn, the actor who's from Tasmania. Mm-hmm. And when I read about that, that that made me want to move to Tasmania. So that that was a, a long process. And then on I got tour, interrupted by a we, band. Yeah, but on tour, we got there on tour. That was your first time seeing it, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But we went there because I requested a gig. Really? There. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah, because the 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 well, the agent that was booking us down there, the promoter. Uh, never sent us to Tasmania. And I was like, send us to Tasmania for once. Oh, no, 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 no. Too isolated. They're hillbillies down there. So I insisted on it, and we went there, and it was completely sold-out show. It was packed, and it was amazing. But the place is a little bit strange. So when you when you started the band, it just... It, Things are so wildly different now, the way that music is distributed, the way that any any art is distributed, that it... And even though I was alive back then, very much alive back then, and I remember, well, we listened to the radio and we bought records, I'm still having a weird time remembering, well, how did, how did we find out about stuff if it wasn't dictated by some larger company who was like, I'm going to put this on the radio? Like, what was the... How did it work? Well, the thing immediately in my mind, somebody else can try... First of all, growing up, uh, I heard so much music in my own family... Uh, and then from there go, you know, friends, but even older brothers and sisters. I think that stuff must, you know, we hear about it all the time with people that from their older brothers and sisters heard about our band. You know, that's how I heard about lots of stuff from older brothers and sisters. Um, and uh, so that's, that's immediately in my mind. And I think probably that's still going on, maybe with different ways that... Uh, I don't know, anybody, yeah, anybody here a, got a family? Except your brother and, and sister will send you a link now. Right, but exactly. You're, so yeah. you're referring to, like, how did people get to know about Violent Femmes back in the days when we wouldn't have been getting commercial airplay? There, were, there was a lot of tape dubbing. You know, people would, like, one person would have the vinyl, and then they'd make ten copies on cassette for their friends, and those would spread around. And it's probably the same syndrome as, like, illegal uh, downloading now. And... Probably with a similar result, you get popular. And uh, also, uh, back then, the college radio stations would just play whatever they wanted to. You know, like they had disc jockeys that could just choose what what to play any song. It wasn't didn't have to be the single. It didn't have to be something that the record company necessarily wanted them to play. So they had a lot of choice. And there were a lot of bands like our band, and I guess REM would be another band, or all the bands from that generation benefited from that kind of programming concept. 
Can you imagine it? Freedom. Like, people yeah, playing while you want. Brian Viglione will be the voice you hear in now. I like that your book ended by Brian's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of Brian's. We don't, I don't use the word Brian very often, actually, because I could use other names. Because, you know, it doesn't... Yeah. Well, I'll just add, uh, as we passed Amoeba... Uh, an important thing for me was the cool guy at the record store. Yeah. I remember being 13 and going into a local, you know, album place, and the guy was like, "Here, check out Big Black, and here's you know, Pig Face and Minor Threat, and all these bands." That to me, I was like, I would have never. You gotta have your guy. I had yeah. the same experience, <laughs> yeah. like growing up in Milwaukee. The the record stores, they were the social gathering points. It was a focal point for the community, and there were all the fanzines, and of course, you know. You go in there and you'd ask to listen to the new album by the Ramones or whoever it was that we were curious about at that time, and I was really lucky because uh, they gave me all the all the um, what were they called promotional copies, you know, like the copies that they'd give to the record store for free. I'd get them all, mm-hmm. so I had a big collection as a result of that. It was a different time. We mentioned libraries. I heard so much music uh, living in Oak Creek, Wisconsin. And um, just the public library. That's where I heard most of all my David Bowie and, and Zappa and Velvet Underground and on and on. Could you order through Some, your library? No, somebody was. I'm, it was amazing. I'm still and yet the community, the community is not, you know, imagine Oak Creek, Wisconsin. You probably got it right. <laughs> uh, so this is not like, I don't know who was there or who was ordering this, but I just ate it up. And then when, if, you know, after taking it out a couple times, I wanted, yeah, yeah, I put it on a cassette tape and, you know, kept listening to that Bowie over and over And then and Gordon's over again. mom would say, Gordon, I just got a call from the library. They say your Velvet <laughs> Underground album is overdue. <laughs> nah, <laughs> not true. Yeah, because I, I think now that you That's say that, funny. I, I, that just sounds funny. It sounds funny. Yeah, it sounds really funny. Mom. Yeah. Gordon, would you please return the Velvet Underground to the library? You're going to get fined. Yeah. And just the library stamps all the way down the Velvet Underground. There was oh, there was nobody taking these things out. It's like you know, if I took one out and then later went and wanted, you know got it again, it's just like there was nobody. I can else tell you a secret to it. This is a trade secret from my days at the Milwaukee Public Library. We had a rule that if nobody took something out for a certain amount of time, I think it was five years, we were to discard it. Mm, right. So we had a dumpster that we would actually pile up all these books. Some of them were brand new. or Some were beautiful. And uh, I even gave you one. It gave you like a uh, metal-encased Bible. Do you, do you still have yeah. that? Or, yeah. Every so once that was... in a while I see that. I think, why do I have this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty beautiful. It's the, it's, yeah. it's the most beautiful metal-encased Bible I've ever seen. <laughs> so that was like one a of robo the things, Bible? <laughs> yeah, things that uh, they were just throwing out. So they would throw this stuff out. Well, I, gra- I grabbed a lot of it. You know, if I was interested in it, that was probably unethical. But still, I thought it was better than sending it. To the dump. Oh, that's yeah. That's totally, so the trick totally is, fine. So you need totally to go in right. and check out every book at the Milwaukee Public Library just once, and then you can immediately return it so that you've given it another five you, years. You let it yeah, live. That's right. Yeah, let for it another live. five years. Yeah. Well, I, and finally, how about the phenomenon of just buying a record purely based on the cover art? Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. That was great. I mean, you just yeah. Go, wow, that looks I've crazy. done that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Many Everybody's times. done that. Sure. I think. But how and much, then how many, what is this? Yeah. Yeah. What is this gonna sound like when it looks like this? And it's always King. Crimson is the answer. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm a win this time. Ah, oh, it's them again. I do. I do seem to recall that my first, uh, my first exposure to the Femmes was 
um, mid eighties, and I was I was in a group. My friend group were sort of the kids that didn't belong anywhere else, and so it was just a handful of. You know, there's a couple nerds and uh, and a couple of alterna kids, like trench coat wearing uh, fedo- fedora, you know, fedora nerds. <laughs> and it was the group that exposed me to, you know, they loved Femmes, they loved um, Dead Milkman, Dead Kennedys. They showed me Harold and Maude. We watched Monty Python. Like it was, <laughs> I was not was, aware we were friends in high school. No, well, it was it was sort of this, uh, you know, this '80s proto nerd group <laughs> that that liked things that you had to sort of work to acquire like it wasn't just it wasn't just easily available out in the world you there was right. sort of a there was a hunting and a gathering right. aspect right. to it right. like a quest yeah it was it was like it was like a quest and if they could find you know if they could track something oh you got to hear this you got to hear this mm-hmm. and that 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 was my first but and then I worked at um, K-Rock in the 90s oh. and uh, but K-Rock w- was what what was the thing that sort of tipped you you guys? Can you is there a specific moment, or was it the was it just a collection of things that happened? Was it or there was there one moment where you're like, oh shit, now everyone seems to know who we are? Well, it depends on how you know from the matter of, of, of perspective that you're looking at it. Uh, in retrospect, it seems that we had uh, meteoric uh, success, but on the other hand, we never really had success. It was somewhere in between. <laughs> you know, like for example, our first album was a, a platinum record before it ever entered the Billboard charts, because it didn't really have a single. It did have a single, technically, but it wasn't pushed. And "Blister in the Sun" was the most popular song, which was never released as a single. It just became a word of mouth seller. So we didn't. There was no dramatic moment when we were unknown and suddenly we became famous like when the Beatles were on the Ed Sullivan show or something like that. It was very gradual and it was a matter of word of mouth like you and your friends t- you know, turning each other on to the fams and other bands. I remember one, one specific, we were on our first all, in a van all across the country tour and our record was out and it was getting played with a lot of college radio at that time and so that was huge for us and, and we were in Oregon and I remember... People were singing. I remember that being the first time I really noticed like enough people there that they're singing along to these songs, and that was the first time I remember. My first thought was, "How do you know this? How do you know this song?" <laughs> and then realize, "Oh, wait, yeah, we got the records out. Somebody's playing it on the radio, and obviously their their station was playing it, and the people that loved it were there, and they were singing along." And I just for some reason I just remember even in the course of that tour we didn't start there but it, something had happened at that point was the first time I remember and even to think like how do they know this because they've never heard us play before <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but, they, but, but they they've heard it but that story played itself out r- repeatedly like for example yeah, sure. um, at that point then it started happening everywhere yeah much. and even later on when when other markets opened up like Eastern Europe where nobody played and then suddenly you could play there and we would go places like Croatia Serbia and see the people in the audience all singing along. Some of them were like in tears, crying, telling us, we thought we'd never see you play. And this is maybe 10 or 15 years after they got into the band. Um, South Africa and Australia, New Zealand, we'd go anywhere, and there were always a, a coterie of, of people who understood the band and, and, and loved the music and were deeply into it. And that's still happening, and they're still handing it 
literally from hand to hand. Yeah, there, there's something there's something very specific about your music, though, that it's almost like th- there's there's so many songs that are just in the in the public consciousness in people's minds, even if they don't know how it got there. You know, like added up or blister in the sun or American music or gone down. like there's they're just if you start singing one then someone else will sing along with you or they'll finish it and then they'll go oh my god I, that was you know, and, and just like all the words are just ingrained in their brain somehow almost like uh, it's the matrix and we were programmed somehow before we were put in here but congratulations on being programmed into humanity's brains um, <laughs> but what what do you think that is like what do you can, can you even identify that or is it just like yeah I don't know it's a difficult question because we've got a lot of songs and we've probably recorded over 100 songs and and a lot of them are really good and then there are the, this handful of songs that you mentioned like Blister in the Sun, Added Up that have really gotten into people's minds but obviously uh, that's because they have some sort of universal message that we're accessing or that we've been able to articulate <laughs> maybe better or in a more concise way than than some other people do well there's also a feeling more than a, more than maybe a, a articulated message well maybe we should ask vig because vig actually yeah. uh, our drummer brian vig leon he's a recent addition to the band he's been with us for two years and he comes from the perspective of having been a uh, long-term fan of the band. So, Vig, why don't you shed some light on what it is about those songs that uh, yeah, uh, have, have like, hooked people in? Well, I think, you know, like we were saying, when you have certain bands that are just part of the landscape of your growing up, there's so many people who come up and say, you guys were what I listened to in high school. And when those songs are always sort of peripherally there on the tape player or the out record player or in the car stereo or just in your day-to-day life, I think that sort of accounts for that phenomenon that, that people absorb these songs sometimes unconsciously. Yeah, but I don't still listen to the same. Like I don't, I don't go back and listen to Debar's records. <laughs> no, but yeah, but there's. I did give up on liar. some of the. <laughs> Shut your face. <laughs> Who's Johnny? Uh, but but there's a thing that some of those those songs do get passed on in certain ways, and there is that timeless kind of thing about it, or. You know, there's something that keeps the hooks in you that maybe other bands that are more trend oriented don't necessarily. I think that's what it is. I think I think there are some bands that, when we're young, just happen to capture a cultural moment, mm-hmm. and then when that moment's over, it's like, well, that just sort of swept the band away with it because it, you know. And but there's something that I think is more of a sort of a universal human mm-hmm. experience, which I think is what you I think is what you guys did, which you can just pick up, and it it, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like, oh, this was recorded in the early 80s. It just feels like this is well, a band. That well, was, that's to that, a point that I've heard Brian Ritchie, <laughs> all the Brian, another Brian, um, speak about, which right now he was going to just start doing it rather than me giving this completely unnecessary <laughs> in- introduction. The, the preamble. <laughs> now, listen, he's going to say something that's so good. What points is he going to make? I've even learned it, and I can do it on my own. I do, because it's really good. Well, you're and mouthing it's, along it's true. while I'm saying it. Yeah. No, I, go, go ahead. So, like, I'm, I'm like the, the grandpa that keeps telling the same story over and over again, and everybody, oh, there he goes again. No, it's a little better than that. It's, it's interesting <laughs> that you bring up this point. Um, of the longevity of, of, of the music in our case, because 
We did do that by design with the first album, uh, intentionally trying to avoid any of the trappings of the music that was around us. Like you, you talked about a musical style that comes and goes, and you're into it, and then it's gone. We, we tried not to sound like our contemporaries, and we didn't even try to sound like the stuff from, from the past. But we tried to create something that could have been recorded prior to that, could, be recorded, could have been recorded in the future. Now there are bands recording today that sound a lot like us. So we, we tried to stay away from any, anything that would indicate this is from 1982, uh, this, is, this is part of a scene. We weren't part of a scene. We were just kind of like off on our own. So it's that that it has enabled young people to keep getting into it over and over again without thinking that they're getting into something retro. Well, it's funny to hear that you saw yourself as the kids who were off on their own and the group of friends that introduced me to your music was a group of kids who was off on their off on their own. Well, and you guys worked as a perfect tool for me for friends who like uh, tricking them into liking punk rock. <laughs> great pop hooks. Were the gateway drugs? Oh, you absolutely <laughs> were. I ruined a lot of lives, and it's thanks to you because you can put this on. And it's like, oh yeah, yeah, I've heard this. This is on the radio, so I can trust it. And then it goes. Then you get deeper in there. And and I that was such a beautiful thing. So it's interesting you say the thing about uh, universal sounding because that was definitely a beautiful tool to get people to dive into deeper music stuff. Well, we talked to a lot of fans, so we hear a lot of stories, and some of them are individual, but some of them are recurring. One of the recurring ones is uh, I lost my virginity while listening to your music, usually added up. That's <laughs> many, many times. <laughs> but it's just... It's, it's appalling. It's, it really is. It's really like, if I, if I thought it. about it, it would be absolutely repulsive. Yeah, so... <laughs> I want to start a trend of people losing their virginity listening to you talk about Add It Up as opposed to it's just the songs that Jesus and walking then, on And the then water. a girl came up to me recently and said, I was conceived while my parents were listening to your music. And I'm like, Why would you how do you know, know that? that? <laughs> well, they told me. Oh, but another one that <laughs> right here that's where I shot it off on your mom <laughs> sleep tight come oh, um, tell me that TMI <laughs> so yeah another thing that they Did say I is see, I think you're you're thinking right now we're gonna go on with this but a part of you is absolutely thinking were my parents listening to any music, right? Have you already started thinking that? And then yeah, what was I mean, it? Yeah, know, I, if, if I, they yeah. were, you know, my mom liked the most, uh, my parents liked the most straight ahead. It was probably like Barbara Streisand or something, you know. Yeah. And my dad listened to country music because it largely irritated my mom. And so I think that was... Uh, Just so go, maybe go you were conceived with yeah. while, uh, <laughs> while yeah, your folks were listening to What Made Milwaukee Famous Made a Loser Out of Me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what my parents would have been listening to. And let's see, I was born in November of 1971, so that means in the early spring they would have been doing it. I don't know what came out that year, but I can almost guarantee it was something pop. It was some sort probably of probably Neil Diamond. It was oh, probably no. Neil Diamond. But, but you can just go with Al Green was having big hits in the early 70s. Maybe, but, but you know, my folks, mom. Your folks were. I'm just saying. It was that probably like, you could just pick out. It was Green. probably like Paul Anka yeah. or something, <laughs> something like that. Is, is my when guess. When was the Engelbert I, I, It was probably Engelbert. Yeah. We had joy. We had fun. Seasons we in had the sun. Seasons in. That could've was been, the number one of the year, right around then. Could have been seasons. Could have been seasons in the sun. I think sun. it was number one. 
Yeah, I, I might have been. I don't know. I, you know, I'm afraid to ask. Why is that funny? Because, That's funny, right? Because it's disgusting. Because I'm afraid to, because I'm afraid to ask because I don't. No, you don't want to ask. I don't want the oh. answer. And I also don't want to be like, well, there was no music by the dumpster. Like, I don't want to know what the. <laughs> I don't want to know. I don't want any context for it, you know? The radio was broken in the car. Yeah, yeah, it was broken in the car. It was, you know. Yeah, we were in jail. Like, I don't know. I just don't. I don't want to know. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to know what it was, you know. Or if, what if it was a key party? Like you don't know what sort of weird. Like what if you were the product of some gross sexual deviancy and you have no, like you have no idea at all. Yeah. It's like you know. Well, okay. What if? Then? What if? Yeah. Yeah. A- answer that. What if? What if your dad liked to take a high eight footage of being cuckolded by, uh, you yeah. know, by the pool guy. Yeah, well, how do you do How do you that? feel about that? I don't, do you, what do you think about I that? I don't know. Well, that could be. It I might know, be. You don't know that's you not know what, the though, case. I look so much like a combination of both of my parents that it's not, I'm not saying my dad couldn't have had an assist, but, but I definitely. It finished on a cushion. See, she sat there. <laughs> oh, I think my mom listens to the show, Kyle. <laughs> oh, oh, I didn't plan on that. That was good. <laughs> yeah. Unless she's like, he knows. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I think it's best not to think about it. I think it's. <laughs> I think it's best to just assume that through osmosis we just appeared uh, on the earth, and that's a lot. That's a lot better, at least for me to process. Now, if Sharon's that works for you, woman. we can. Yeah, pretend. I like how the two of you are. You're just like spinning and spinning like sort <laughs> of. What the, like the, out the there listeners somewhere. can't yeah. see. Oh, oh, it is. A, we are filming this. You can see the <laughs> agitation. <laughs> There's no uh, change in. We're not. No, I think everything always is. I guess it? ultimately yeah. that's yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. everything <laughs> at all times. The is just like this channel's gross. Facial isn't coloration. Isn't that funny that you know this this Orwellian idea that we're being watched by some governing body, and then what ended up happening was we're all watching each other. Right. Like, we are Big Brother. Right. We, right. we gave yeah, up yeah, yeah. everything that everything that the science fiction pioneers tried to make us paranoid that other people were going to take away from us. We've given up ourselves freely. Yeah, it, but to each other. No. Yes. Absolutely to yeah. each other. Right. It's uh, are you guys sci-fi fans at all? Was. What 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 killed it for you? Growing up. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's, that's the saddest oh, thing I've ever oh, heard. <laughs> oh. We'll never get not, back. Not We're never Brian. invited back on this <laughs> show. That's it. Like, that's never that has to be back. weekly as we keep pushing stuff on him. <laughs> All right, so the book club continues on page 92 <laughs> with unbreaking eye contact. What's, what's entertainment in Tasmania? Like, is there specific Tasmanian entertainment that is, is insulated? Uh, wood, the, the Woodcutters Hall of Fame. Ooh. Yeah. So they, they, they have these uh, contests to cut down trees or, cut, you know, chop logs up. Yeah, it's pretty dramatic, and uh, I think the world champion has come from Tasmania many times. So if you're looking for something that's... Uh, peculiarly Tasmanian, that would be it. Woodcutting. Nice. I feel like we all had a riff in our head as a joke, and then Woodcutting Hall of Fame was the real thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we had a funny answer, and it yeah, wasn't that. No, no, let that the top go. Woodcutting oh, well. Hall right, of Fame. Step go, down. Go with that. <laughs> Did you? Uh, your father was a Baptist minister. Is that? Is that, yes, is that correct? True. So you grew, a, you grew up in a. You grew up in a Baptist, and but obviously. Not super strict if you right. were checking out. Uh... Oh yeah, absolutely. My my my. Both my parents were also involved in theater, both religious and secular. And um, so I grew up with. Uh, my father would play old country songs of all sorts, um, and um, so it was not 
anyone hearing I had uh, you know, grew up in that in, in a home with that designation would get completely the different a different and incorrect idea about what my growing up was like. Mine was, I would say, in a very liberal and kind of progressive liberal kind of household. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And so when you started, because you started pursuing music at a pretty young age, they were they obviously must have been so pretty completely cool supportive. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it really was. It was pretty amazing and, and just great. Just along with the only word of caution being, you know, if this isn't working out for you, you can always, you know, do something else. <laughs> and what would that have been? Well, I don't know. Anything. You didn't have anything. to worry no, about no, it. No, no, it wasn't like, you know, we really want you to do this or that. I had been really into the idea of going to college or university when I was, like, between, like, the age of 10 to 12, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then... High school beat it out of me, I think. And yet I was told by an older sibling that, yeah, they had the same thing, but university was totally different. They really liked it. Um, I was never, I just never got interested again and, and just felt like just wanted to just launch and go right into the music. So I never um, did that. But I think that would they would have been happy with that, sure. But they were they were fine. They never told me, like, what I should do or anything, just to be uh, very supportive. Punk band with supportive parents. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of nice. Yeah. Just you know, get 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 yourself a a Baptist preacher as your dad, and you're good. <laughs> <laughs> it's all all fine. Are you are you, well, re- yeah. are, you are you rebelling against? Uh... Stop being so supportive of me. You don't. You, yeah. you understand too much. You understand me too well. I'm sick of it. Well, actually, a little bit of that. Yeah. A little bit of that because now I'll. You know, I feel like you're putting yourself out there. I'll put myself Please. out here. This is something I've never spoken about. Maybe only one or two people, and I figure this is a safe place. Safe. Yes. <laughs> um, with this stop being so supportive, I think my mother in particular had that idea of very progressive, modern, you know, think parenting. And so she wanted to make sure that her children knew that sex is healthy and good. Mm-hmm. So both, I know one of my brothers and me would just be, I know, well, basically, I just know me. Just like, please, just don't. She wanted to know it was okay to have that talk. Sure. More than once. Right. So, and it's like, I don't want to talk about <laughs> anything sexual with mom. Yeah. You know, and I don't know if she ever really got that. I mean, I'd leave the room. I'd, you know. <laughs> but, but still, I think the saying is you can't unhear certain things you heard. Yes. You know, and she wanted to have, like, free communication and let me know that if I felt like doing this, that she would say what that was, that I should know that's perfectly fine. Right. And that's something, and it, 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 it ironically like, spins into not fine. So don't be that supportive. Stop. <laughs> well, when, yeah. when my mom came to see the band uh, right? last time, like this. she hit on Vic. Oh. Yeah. What? what? Is that true? Yeah, still got it. <laughs> she looked at me dead in the eye and said, you're never too old. Whoa. This is something I have never spoken about. <laughs> and you said, that's interesting because Gordon's mom told me a bunch of crazy stuff. <laughs> that is okay if I do. It's okay if I do. She's very supportive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how old are you, Brian? 36. You're 36. Yes. All right. So you, you, uh, you, but you're not, but you look young. Like you look, you, you, you're 36, but you look young. You that's look younger. Like I, I attribute that to the, the rock and roll drumming lifestyle. Absolutely. 
Which is what? A lot feeling of cardio? Happy. Yeah, and feeling happy and getting to do what you like for a living, I think. You're not all drummers, uh, I mean, not, not, not all drummers age, age well. Well, I consider myself lucky, I guess, maybe. I don't know. I mean, who else? Uh, I feel like, well, you know, to be honest, I feel Keith like... Keith Moon aged pretty well, didn't he? <laughs> I feel like... <laughs> We'll, looks, we'll, if, we'll if you, never know. If you consider death pretty well. <laughs> we'll yeah. never know. Well, he looks pretty young stopped, when he died. You know, you know, he's looked exactly the same since the 80s as Phil Collins. <laughs> <laughs> exactly the same. Well, doing a lot of the smoking and drinking stuff never really agreed with me on tour. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was a factor in there as well. Yeah. But we hired him anyway. Yeah. <laughs> now, did you join the Violent Femmes going, finally, I can build my Tommy Lee-style drum kit for this yeah, band? Yeah, we're working on the rotating <laughs> riser, right? Just like be in the middle of a gyroscope. Exactly. Just come out. It's, like, <laughs> it's weird. I, I never expected pyrotechnics at the Violent Femmes concert. <laughs> and uh, now they have this dragon that's a logo for the <laughs> tattoos. Well, you know, dragons are ageless there. <laughs> Take notes here. Yeah. You better say Logan, a dragon, dragon for the logo. Dragon. I don't think an old dragon who looks like shit, like he's just aged Horribly. <laughs> sounds like a nice, car- nice cartoon of some sort. Just old dragon. So for you, when you're, you know, when you have a first album that's so successful, and then you decide afterwards we're gonna we're gonna move on and try something different, and you constantly try new stuff. Is that ultimately what your? Do you just want to make stuff that seems fun to try, or you feel particularly inspired? Like let's do this specific genre of thing now, as opposed to. Because you could have, you know, you could have just done the same thing over and over again, but you did, you didn't, which is a cool thing to do. I think some of that was directed by the material in that um, the songs we had. Our second album goes into a lot of roots, kind of American music of uh, country and folk and jazz and gospel, and it's all mixed up in there. Some songs are more specifically of bluegrass. It's it, it, and some of them blend them, and some of them are very much here is this kind of genre, this type of song. Um, and the, we had all those songs, and we were playing them live along with the songs on the first album before we recorded the first album. And so, again, there was the thinking going into it about the choice of instruments and arrangements, but also the material in selecting the songs, that the first album, by the song choice, is much more of a rock album and then the second one becomes this mix of older kinds of American music. Now, the first album has sold millions, and the second album has sold hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a slight disappointment for the second album, but I'm thrilled about the sales on the first yeah. one. But anyway, th- people didn't like it at the time. People, I remember the one, one person came up to me and was actually, I don't know if they used the word betrayal, but it was that oh, sense. No. I love that album. You know, the Hallowed Ground is out. the name, Hallowed Ground is the name of our second album. And I think in the band, we've, we've often felt like that was our favorite because of some other musicians that joined us, some other great musicians that sat in with us. And that's been a thing that we've done live going through the years is what city that we're in and maybe we know somebody or meet somebody and we'll have them join us and sit in on some tunes we're doing that now on tour in a sense with bare naked ladies with uh we're on tour with them and and we've got um a couple of the guys that are joining us on some songs because well, we talk about it and it's like why don't you join on this oh yeah that'd be great or i want to play on this and you know they have this kind of thing but the first album is very it's more minimal, it's concentrated, it's more of a rock or punk sort of thing with the acoustic instruments mostly. Um, and then we stretched into other things. So I think maybe it's the material, it's two things. It's the type of songs, and then it's also, 
we did something one way, and then by the time the third album, we got into using a little more of the studio, and we worked with Jerry Harrison, who's in original Modern Lovers and Talking Heads and then various other projects. Um, and he certainly knew his way around the studio and more things to make use of the studio. So we, you know, we, we did some more of those things on that record. So I think with different records, we sometimes have thought about recording in different ways. And now we've been recording again. We've got a new EP out, which is the first new thing of a collection of four songs that we've had out in in uh, in many 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 years, I think some I read somewhere it's called seventeen. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, well, I knew we had a little time off. <laughs> and, uh, but it's like we got these four new songs, real happy. If you guys it. were a library book in Milwaukee, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'd have been in deep shit a while ago. Oh man! <laughs> and, uh, and we actually recorded in Tasmania those on New Year's Eve. Oh, cool. And New Year's Eve just passed. We and so we call it Happy New Year. And one tune is a New Year's song that we'd always only play on New Year's Day over the years. But we put that on Happy New Year next year, and we got four tunes there. Really feeling good about them. People are. St- People are starting to sing along with a couple of the songs nice. now. It's beginning. It's beginning again. Uh, and then we've been recording. We even re- did some more recording uh, yesterday. And so we've got things. We, we're, we've got mostly completed an album length that would put out next year. You're going to put out a new album next yeah. year? Oh, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. I, I, think, yeah. I don't know if I didn't check with anybody. I was supposed to talk about the new album. Yes, no it's fine to mention. No names? <laughs> we can't tell you what The album ba- is called No Names? No, no we uh, oh, can't tell you what band. <laughs> okay. <laughs> can't give you the name of the band, but we all know them re- pretty well. Isn't it funny that... Uh, it, it seems Vi- funny to me... Violent Femmes. Violent Violent Femmes. Isn't it funny that... Uh, no yeah. names. What names are there that you don't want me to say? Never I think mind. the album Never names. Mind. Like maybe we don't have one. We <laughs> haven't decided the name of the album yet. <laughs> we don't. I don't know what he means when he says no names. Anyway, I go think on. He means no, don't say what the album name is. Cause you guys we don't have one. The album is called I Am Chris Hardwick uh, <laughs> by the Violent Femmes. But oh, they can cite that on Wikipedia now. <laughs> yes, it's going to be on Wikipedia. They've, they've affirmed it. <laughs> it's source. But um, the, uh, it's interesting that people take such ownership over a thing that you put out that they don't want to let they don't want you to be an artist in the sense that, hey, you did the first album, that's what you wanted to do then, and the second album you want to try something different. People are like, fuck you, why didn't you do this exact thing? And you're like, well, if you just did the same thing over and over and over again, that's not fun. Yeah, then they, they, they complain about that. Then. Yeah. So it's a, it's a lose-lose situation. <laughs> so that's great. the reason why you just go ahead and do what you want. Do what yeah. you want. There's yeah. something that I think is really great about the Femmes fans, and it's that <clears throat> it's not a style, but it's an attitude and approach mm-hmm. <clears throat> that they respect <clears throat> and that they're looking for. And that's why I think the new songs are, are working live as well, too. People don't care. They know the band is diverse. They just want to see that attitude come off and stage. I think that's developed over the years. And for example, that second album that we referred to is in, in its unpopularity, but um, over the years that's really grown. And we've kept playing those songs live, and they go they go over great live. So it's really integrated, you know, in with what we do. We play those songs that we stretch out with jazz and improvisation, and we do bluegrassy and country and all kinds of stuff that just mixes in with our music because it's the attitude, and that's 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 who we are. That's what we, you know, with that actually going back. Still on that, I remember when we toured in England. In particular, we were congratulated on uh, the like the bluegrass and the gospel stuff being like a spoof, you know, <laughs> like like we were making fun. So you were being that. alternative. We were making about it. fun of that right. kind of music when we're we're sincerely playing to the best of our ability music that we love. <laughs> did you did you tell them? 
Or did uh, you go, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. And then I don't think uh, we've well, gotten much press in England. that was also <laughs> ironic. Yeah, there was the irony of it and the alternative and all that. He's kind so of ironic, he won't even admit that they're being <laughs> ironic. Man, that's deep. There's, yeah. a, there's a, a cool little fact I think fans will appreciate, too, that blew my mind a few weeks ago when I asked them. Most bands, when they have their first record, have you know maybe 10, 12 tunes, a handful of songs in the repertoire. You guys told me that you had close to 60 or 70 songs before the first album even came out That's in the awesome. repertoire, which I thought was amazing. Now, why, why hadn't you compiled all those into an album up to that point? Was it just not anything that you were... Well, we made an album within like less than a year of forming the band. Oh, you just wrote a so, shit ton of songs right away. Yeah, we, well, we I, had a... I had had a bunch going in. The, we, when we first played was I was just at a like coffee shop and playing a bunch of songs, and that's when uh, Brian Ritchie first, you know, just joined in. So it's like I had... It wasn't like we started writing songs when we got together as a band. It was like I had been writing songs for since regularly since I was 15. And actually, there's a song that I wrote when I was 15 on every album for the first like three or four albums. Oh, wow. So, wow. Which one? Yeah. Which ones? On the first album, I remember very uh, specifically. Then the rest, I have a good feeling. Mm. Uh, that's the slow ballady kind of one. That's that that I wrote when I was fifteen. That's on the first album. Oh wow! And what do you think? Uh, in do you have a better idea when you're looking back? what it was that those albums were about it has it changed or do you think it's you, it's always been about i'm not really listening to you right now with what you just said because i sort of heard what you said but i was thinking if i wrote that song with 15 oh wow you know and then we're moving on yeah and i realized i wrote some other parts of that song which the 17 or 18 year old was able to edit out <laughs> oh. that is that is so important, isn't it? What? Yeah, sometimes that can be really important. Editing. So, editing out some of what I wrote when I was 15 and kept what now I'm really thankful. <laughs> that, that Now, I edited out there's a, for the people that are really into this and really know this song, Good Feeling, there's a instrumental section, which actually goes to a different chord change that's in the rest of the song at a certain part of that and we play some violin and the feature with the bass and all that and it's you know people like it i like it um i originally had lyrics in that section why and i start to just feel like really like uncomfortable <laughs> and worse thinking of if those lyrics had stayed in oh. but at a certain point you didn't ever hear them and decide do you really want to have those lyrics or did you i don't recall anything like that oh my gosh i'm feeling a little come on i'm not feeling well right now what? just thinking of how close that was well here's what i want you to do ruining us i want you to but that's the same i want you, know, you to tell us the lyrics edit, and we're gonna have you know, your mom come in and talk important. to you about sex all right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I just took some things my mom had said, and I just put it in. And now I realize, no, no, no. Honey, sometimes it's okay to throw it in her can. No, please don't. Please don't say that. Please don't say that. No, that was. It was a lot more graphic than that. <laughs> oh, no. I know. I know. Well, you know, the problem is, I, you know, that here's the trap. Here's the trap. You always feel like yourself, no matter how old you get. You always feel like yourself in your head. So that's a good. I. Yes. Don't you think so? Yes. Finally, somebody's saying that. So, yes. you, 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 know, you know, I'm 43, you're 52. Like, you always yeah. feel like you are and you, you're the same. So, yeah. as a parent, when your kids are growing up enough, you're like, we're the same. I could just talk to them without realizing your position there of authority. Be, or, or, you know, um, yeah, authority and then also 
some other words we could come up yeah, with. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> but yes, that and is so well, that's yeah. the trapping is that you have to remember in context that you're not you're not the same anymore. And, yeah. and I think in some ways you can uh, you can open up boundaries. In other cases, you should probably stick to Maintain. some of those boundaries. Not you know for for everyone's benefit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think. Do you do you, would you ever say what any of the stuff was that you cut uh, out, or can you I, not even? Can you not even? No. <laughs> I don't I'm trying to forget It's forever just locked in your head I'm trying to forget What am I trying to forget? I don't know You I don't forget. even know anymore I what it was yeah. I don't even know what we were talking about And why are we back to this? I think I've mentioned it again I'm sorry No, you did Because you you were making a point What are we talking about? We're, not saying, the, we're talking and we're not saying anything We like are somebody started listening You were just now, about to tell us of those lyrics that you wouldn't tell anyone The last minute they wouldn't have heard anything I think you just want words. them to be revealed You, that you that want I feel like this is your crime there, I mean, share these, yeah, these dangling them out. Need there. to come yeah. out. <laughs> these just need to come out. No, but it's 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 it really. Now I should like fake cry and say something that's amazing, but I can't do that. You always out. be true to yourself. I can't do that. You just always yeah. have to be the true to yourself. The title of the next record is just all the lyrics you cut out from that song. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> it Ooh. Is. It's hard. Actually, there's some cryptic stuff in there. I wrote it cryptically because I thought that was cool. Like I switched around some letters and stuff. Ooh. I'm amazed. That yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm amazed. And it's really not. It's not like it was anything yeah, terrible. Like it's are. just really. It doesn't. It doesn't. It, it's which is so it's not helpful in your own head. It's not helpful. Oh no. No, the backwards are. Oh no. I just mean like when you look at it, it's like oh, it's not even like anything bad. It's just you're like oh no. I was so 15. Yeah. Although that's a Russian letter. Oh, it is. You yeah. are right. Yeah, it's just funny right. in a lemonade stand to have a backwards R somewhere. <laughs> really helps. And uh, what's, the, what's the letter in lemonade stand that becomes an R? Oh no, I just you stick it on there. And they're like, oh, that poor guy. Oh, I thought you one of the letters like the R in letter to oh, lemonade, lemonade stand. stand though. Lemonade. Lemonade. Then we're on to things, yeah. and you say it's Russian, and we go full circle. I'm just yeah, amazed right. that all anything right. from when you were 15 survived. Because when I look at old stuff when I was a teenager, it, it's. Like all of it to me is what you were describing with the part you cut out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, this did, you, is... did you have stuff that you wrote and yeah, you yeah, thought yeah, yeah. was like really, and then you looked at it later? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was either stuff where I was trying to be super deep or super philosophical or super, um, you know, or, or or comedy, and it was just like all of it. There isn't any part where I look back and I go. Hey, this kid's got it. Yeah, there's, there's nothing. N- there's nothing. nothing. There's uh, nothing yeah. I made the mistake of letting my girlfriend see my band from when I was 15, our record. And, oh, I'm just Uh-oh. the laughter and tears Uh-oh. she had going from it. So she was rhyme, not laughing with you. Tried to laugh, rhyme corner with coroner at one point. <laughs> and she had a real corner. good laugh about I, that. That's just some, it's, <laughs> that, that's <laughs> that's not the way I sang it. I, I kind of like that. That's not bad. I like that. Well, thanks. I'm good to go. Let me get that back out. Yeah, I mean, but as a as a drummer, is there anything to look back and you go, oh no, I, that wasn't. I mean, or I mean, maybe just aside from guilty pleasures I had, <clears throat> like in the late '80s and early '90s, listening to Bon Jovi and certain hair metal bands that yeah. I was, you know, had the posters on my wall. But no, not really, because whatever, it's, it's all in context. Like you say, at the time it hits you, then you move on to something else. But something that you wrote and there something, were, no, you well, played. I wrote sort of a lot of like nonsensical kind of stuff. And it, there was a point where I realized when I was about 14 or 15. I could continue to sort of go down the songwriting path or focus on drumming, and I realized that I wanted to focus on drumming. You know, more, just so for fun, you guys should just play all of Slippery When Wet by Bon Jovi. Just <laughs> once. 
Just do just do a thing where you just cover you a, a weird album, at, but as as the violent as violent yes. femmes, like because whatever you would do to it would add a whole other filter to it. Well, we could. I think that we play well and we play well together, and we have a thing, a kind of thing that we do, you know, with that. And so I think we could probably take any uh, like as an assignment to take any like what you're saying and just say like living on like, a prayer. We could, we mm-hmm. could do it. Oh sure. Yeah, well, I think could we could do it. I think we could do any and Oh, you, that anything. song's probably and, 3 chords. And, you and could give, easily and make something of of musical value or interest at least to us and probably some other people as well. Imagine we Violent Femmes covering Every Rose Has Its Thorn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, that thing? would be amazing. You know, it does come to it, maybe it's the thing that just pops in my head, which maybe is not, I don't know if it's fair or not fair in relation to this, but do you really want to hurt me? Yes. We did that. We did a recording of that. Do you know that? No, I didn't oh, know yeah. that. What? Yeah, you see, this is sort of like what we're talking about, right? Sort of. So did we you, did, you we have the it, reggae It's, on, it's one of our, our albums. And we took it the way I remember, and maybe it's not the way it happened, but the way I remember is it came to us as a request, just like what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And it was like, the, you know, the record company really wants blah, 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 you know, to do this song. And thought that, well, you know, we never would have thought of that. But we, you know, maybe is there a way for us to do it that we enjoy and we think sounds good? And we did. And we put it on the record. And um, Boy, George said, Boy George said he'd make a cameo appearance on a video. But then there was no funding for the video. In fact, at that time, again, my recollection is nobody could be found who had actually originally requested it. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Boy George killed yeah. the culture club? Yeah, yeah. So, um, and also, it's interesting to me, listening to it and get, getting into it to do it, um, I either want – there's two choices. One, I didn't understand the lyrics and the verses. Or, <laughs> or two, I didn't think they were really you know, to my liking. Sure. Or a combination. I don't know. <laughs> but maybe I just didn't understand it. That's possible. And I don't know if anyone knows those verses. Most people don't. I anyway, wonder. it's just sort of. Anyway, so what I did was I took certain key words and kept them, but then changed other words around it. Interesting. So that I was actually saying something different, but a lot of like the nouns or verbs were the same, or a lot of them were the same. Huh. I tried to keep. And then it the is. chorus was there. So I remember, I haven't heard it for years now. But I remember at the time feeling like this is fun, this is cool, and I think we enjoyed it. It's already amazing. (laughs) I love the like the mandolin kind of Italian feel to it. An Italian opera. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! <laughs> it fucking like just sounds like you guys made the Violent Femmes version of somebody else's song, not like a cover. But it just sounds like, oh, if they wrote this first, this is what this. Well, you sort of like. you sort of deregate it. You yeah. took that that little raga out of it, which and and made it a rock song. And yeah, it's well, we wanted great. to find our way to do it and find our way to have fun with it, and that sounds better than I remember. So that's <laughs> great. That sounded pretty cool. I'm with you. It's like that sounds really good. Like, wow, I didn't. I, 
didn't remember that it was that good. We didn't listen to the whole thing, but I would think it's going to have to stay in somewhere in that world. And you know, and 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 still being a child of How, technology. Do you remember? Psychedelic stuff jam. at the bazooka, the psychedelic bazooki jam at the end that see, was so obvious. Let's see if we get to it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we. That's you playing that. That's Brian Ritchie playing the bazooki. That's cool. We had we had done some. We had been in Greece probably not too long before that, and we found we both had bought a bazooki from the same shop when we <laughs> ran into each other on tour. We got there early, and we both like show up with a. Where'd you get this? Oh yeah, same place. We both, but we've ended up using it on some recordings. Oh, that's awesome. and a, oh bag, I'm sorry, I said bazooki. We got baglamas. Those are smaller ah. than a bazooki. I don't want you to get on me about this. Like, yeah. I said bazooki when you're I about really to go down. Jano, you're about to go down. <laughs> I love that you both had the, oh, we'll use this all the time. Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> we, so we, the, we have. The instrument yeah. uh, impulse by Like, yeah, this is weird. We're going to put this on the next three records. Yeah, and we happens. did, actually. Yeah. You're the only man who have ever followed up on that. I have so many dumb instruments that I bought where I'm like, this is going to be great. <laughs> I just think it's great that... Uh, <laughs> I'm still delighted by 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 the world that we live in where, you know, 15 years ago you could have told me about that and be like, well, you know, if I can get over to Amoeba, I'll go find it and then check it out and then go home and listen to it or listen to it in the car or whatever and then we could just immediately pull it up. Well, and, like you just did in in you know, in right real down. time. In real time right there. You Using just did it. The power of the internet. It's a magic world. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a magical technological age we live in. So, uh you guys are going to play a couple songs, which uh, is fantastic. What are you going to play? Well, What one, do you want us to play? Don't, well, Realsies? I mean, American music. No, I want to... Don't you want... It's my favorite. I know American music's amazing. I know. I want deep cuts, but also I've cried that song a bunch. I don't... Well, no one <laughs> wants to see you cry. Well, I'm not going to cry now. I'm getting closure. Would you... How about this? Can you play something from the EP? Yeah. That would be nice. And yeah. then, So why don't, why don't... Let's play something from the EP And then we do first, something that's... And then you could do like... I mean... <laughs> do you really want to hurt that? <laughs> my no, option. Let's no, do that. I, I didn't know that, that was on the table. No, I think that that would be one time where... <laughs> The perfection of the studio recording is such where maybe we won't do it live. It, so that's going to be difficult yeah, that, to, that to would recreate. Be, that's the only one. Otherwise, we're better live. But that one. So just, I guess, I guess something from the EP, and then if you're if you don't mind playing Blister, I think it'd be a really fun way to wrap everything wrap everything up. You're breaking somebody's heart. Blister the Sun versus the other. Come on, man, American music. Kyle can go for I himself. think you've got like. Uh, Throngs in your corner, you know, support, <laughs> supporting you. Although you've got a you've got a vocal minority there for American music. I yeah, think American it's music a, it's a strong one, but American music is a song I sing in my head a lot. Like it, it definitely the hook of it spins in my head a lot. Do you want to you you know you want to sing sing a blister in the sun? You should take a verse. What? Why would I? Do, I'm not going to fuck up your song. It doesn't it doesn't matter. Oh, man. Do you want to sing a verse? I would if I... No, I can't. You sure can. Okay. That would be great. What? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do the quiet but verse. The quiet you, verse. The right. whisper or one. you want to like... Yeah. How about that? When we break it down, when we bring it down, then it's... Then it's you, you do whatever you want. You want to sing the second verse and see if you know all the words? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but see, that, that, now it. I feel like I'm being tested. So now I feel like I should pull up the lyrics to make sure that I don't fuck up the lyrics. You could do that, I guess. 
I should. That's, it's kosher. Whatever you want to do, you can do that. Oh my god. Whatever you want to do is your show. Let's do it. I don't know. That's uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. I'll sing right. some though, right? Okay. Is that all right? I just, or do you want I, it to be just you? My only concern is <laughs> you can sing the whole. You don't want to sing this song. You think you the whole thing? Here, take the guitar. No. No. And why don't you sing quietly or whatever level you like in the background American music? Oh. Just because that's what you want to do. Oh, so panic now. now. Oh, oh now, now, now your emotions like, It's way easier when it's him. Yeah, it was. I know. It was cool to nod to him. You're like great, great. They're like me, me. You can sort of hear it haunting the like God bless American music. Like you can almost hear it. I just want. We layer. like all kinds of music. I had my group vocal prepared. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a nice one. They just shout that out. We like all kinds of music. Did I do it right? Yeah. How, how does it go? We like all kinds of music. Oh man, I love that. That's what I sound that like. No, no, I'm doing the backing vocal. I think, I think that's the backing I think vocal. I think our invitation has just been revoked. No, our invitation has been revoked. I can't hit your high notes. That's impossible. I'm doing those casual uh, okay. the bad guys. All right. Like we've learned from the fems, reinterpret it in your own way. Exactly. Yes. Do it your own way. <laughs> See how quickly it oh happens. God, you're, you're already good. playing. You're already in. Well, band. we should start taking up positions by Take our up instruments. Positions, yeah, and then uh, and then what's the first song you're gonna put? What, what are you gonna play from the? EP? Let's do the EP so you yeah, have oh, yeah. a, a whole song not to listen to, but just get yeah. nervous and try to <laughs> go over your blister in the sun. Right. You know that's what I'm gonna be doing the whole time. Of course you're doing that. Okay. All right. I remember. I got a little thing about dead which is actually one time with uh we did a concert with him it's when i met lou reed and he said to me he complimented me on a song called just 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 like my father he said he really liked that one and which is not a real popular big song for us but it goes i'm just like my father but i'm much worse is the opening <laughs> line and yeah it's funny i think it's funny and i think you know anyway so he said do you know um walk on the wild side I'm like, yeah, I've heard, I've heard it. it. Yeah, and he said, "You want to sing it with me?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "All right, good." You know, like you know, be on the sides, come on out. And then I'm thinking, I haven't heard the song in a little while, and I didn't have one of these little, you know, phone computers, and it's just like I'm like walking around and thinking. Okay, each verse is about, I don't know what verse he's going to want me to sing. Each verse is about a different person and where they went and what they did. And so I'm just going over, just letting you know, I feel what you're going through. Well, yeah, but that song in particular, that's a fucking story song. So everything is like a... Actually, how easy do you have it? You got it easy. I mean, I have it easy because I can just pull up right here. I mean, it's, it's eagerly... I, don't know. I think I need to take that from you. Oh no! no, 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 no. You know you should you should you should confirm that these are the right lyrics. You know <laughs> that's right. It'll be like some different thing. You yeah. know why don't you know? No, just sing whatever it says. <laughs> whatever okay. it tells you to sing. I'll start singing in Spanish. <laughs> All right, but first. We're gonna do but the other song. Gonna do, gonna We're do gonna do the other song that you're not gonna listen to. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna listen. You should to this. listen to this other. I'm this excited. song's good. You should hear this song. I'm gonna listen with my breath. ears and then shit my pants with my butt about the next song. I'm watching right. this. Check this out. I think this has got some uh, nice lyric twists All right. that are have some humor value. All right. All right. <laughs> Here we go. Um, this is a song called "Good for at Nothing." Anybody anymore? Thank God. You know I once did something for somebody. 
Something for some, 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 somebody. But what for? <laughs> Ask God. Don't you know, you know I ran for something. Every, everybody's on the floor. Oh, God. Tell me, what are you good for? Are you good for nothing? Is that what you're good for? Aren't you good at something? That's what I'm good for. I'm good at something. That's exactly what I'm good for. I'm good for nothing. Well, why don't you bring the mic over here then, so you're in between. <laughs> Are you comfortable with a mic in front? Yes. <laughs> yes, I yes. think you're very comfortable. I'm comfortable. I'm not comfortable playing with the violent femmes. Uh, that's never that. happened before. It's, this is already <laughs> a pleasure. Either. We haven't even started. So I'll Sing just... anytime you want. What? It's when I'm Right. <laughs> Yeah. 
star And I'm so strung out I'm high as a kite I just might stop to check you out You out, you out When I'm a-walking I strut my star And I'm so strung out I'm high as a kite I just might stop to check you out You out, you out I'm a wheeze I stain my sheets I don't even know why My girlfriend She's at the end She is starting to cry podcast soon i'm like shaking from nerves yeah but you guys sounded that's fucking good that's awesome. keeping you young that keeps i feel you young. alive <laughs> i feel so alive right now all right thanks uh, thanks for coming out i'll see you soon bye now leaving nerdist.com enjoy your burrito i'm shimoliai And I have a new podcast called The Competition. Every year, 50 high school senior girls compete in a massive scholarship competition. I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. All of the competitors are used to being the best and the brightest, and they're all vying for a huge cash prize. This will probably be the most intense thing you've ever gone through in your life. I remember that feeling because I was one of them. I lost, but now, I'm coming back as a judge and also a kind of teen girl anthropologist. Because if you want to understand what it's like to be a young woman in America today, the competition's not a bad place to start. Hopefully no one will die on station night. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is The Competition. Follow The Competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.